What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Next Guy Up podcast weekend preview episode. We Let's are go. live in the studio. Mason is joining me today. Yeah, in the flesh, baby. Having a little technical difficulties on his end with the laptop. So he is at my house in the cool Jaguar cave. We are um, live. Getting ready to break down this weekend. Uh, we've got an awesome episode for you. We're going to kick things off with a immaculate grid from Zach. So we're going to see if me and... Hey. Me and Mason can get that filled out, and then we're going to do a uh, rapid recap of last weekend's football games, NFL and college. Before we dive into the betting side of things, we'll take a look at who, we, what matchups we're looking forward to this weekend in NFL and college, and then we'll have our best bets, hop on a prop, and the next guy up parlay, which is which is due. It's definitely due it's now. Due, baby. Due. It's going to hit. I can feel it. I feel pretty good about this one, too. So we got something cooking for y'all. But, right, so, Zach, go yeah, ahead and yeah. start out with that trivia. Let's let's get it. So I wanted to come up with something to uh, to test uh, our, re- our resident NFL experts in the building. That would be uh, Mason and Tins over there. I- I'm going to let them work <laughs> together today. I think sometimes I like to test them against each other. Today I'm going to let them work together see what we can accomplish. So this has kind of been a a fun little like sports trend going around this immaculate grid. If you are not familiar, there's a three by three grid where on the left hand side, there are three NFL teams on the top. There are two NFL teams plus one other kind of category. You're wanting to find things that overlap. Uh, and so there are nine total uh, potential options or squares that you want to fill in. We're just going to see how many we can get filled in uh, with you two working together. Uh, both of you are at least somewhat familiar with, uh, with what we're doing here. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, a little bit. I think, <clears throat> I, I, think I got a it. Little bit. A little I'll bit. I'll try and talk you through it. Okay. Um, I wanted to pick one today that had... Well, let me just read down the sides. So just to give you an idea of what teams to be thinking about here. Uh, On the left-hand side, we have the New Orleans Saints. We have the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Across the top, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. I thought could use some expertise from that category. Yeah. We have uh, Green Bay Packers and... Um, the cat, the bonus kind of category over there is has won the, uh, NFL MVP award since 1999. Okay. So that shouldn't be that hard. There's only 24 years really there. Um, 23 years. Uh, and so these are only players from this era since 1999, just because that's kind of the pool that we're picking from here. So, uh, you guys can, let's just start here. Um, do you guys want to start with MVP or do you guys want to start with some of our teams? Let's get let's get the teams, I think. Okay. Yeah, let's let's Do you want to start that. with Jaguars? Do we want to try and get some easy yeah. ones out of the gate, maybe? Yeah. So the so it'll be so it'll be these three players have played on the Jags, and so it's the one box would be the Saints, right? The so these so the top box would be a player who has played on both the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. and the New Orleans Saints. Saints. Right. In their career. I'm, I'm gonna go Mark Brunell. Mark Brunel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You might hear me typing here because I'm gonna. I'm, I'm kind of fact checking. Mark Brunel, quarterback. That is true. 
Wow. Hey, he was the, he was, he was the um, backup. This, so these also Super give Bowl. a per, these also give a percentage uh, of how many people also picked that same kind of match, and that was thirty one percent. So that's a pretty high percent. Bang, uh, bang. Pretty common pick, Mark Brunel. Mason, right, would you have got that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we needed. I knew we needed a Jaguars one here. Okay, so let's just do the next one. Let's move down. Right. We have uh, Jaguars and Colts combo. Colt. Um, that one's tough because that's that's uh, switching division teams. Yeah. There, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Gardner Minshew. That's what I was gonna say. Because that's the only one I can think I, of. It's recent. He's on the team now. But I really can't think of that works. Hey. That works. Twenty three percent of people pick the same pick there. Gardner Minshew. That's a tough. That's a tougher one for sure. Love it. Love it. And then wow, the that's a good Marvels. start. That's a hot start too. Hot start. Uh, you're two for two. Third one in the column and last Jaguars is Jaguars and Cardinals. Cardinals. Jaguars and Cardinals. Uh, that one's very tough. I'm gonna. Th- oh, you know what, Calais Campbell. Oh dang it! You're right. I think you are. Oh yeah, that's the mayor you're of Saxonville, right. boys yep. and girls. <laughs> wait, wait. It's who is it? Calais Campbell. Oh, gotcha. Played from 2008 to 2023. Yeah, he's playing that's on the Falcons. 15-year career. Yeah, he's playing on the Falcons right now. He's still very that's good. It. That works. Twenty-seven percent of he people chose Jags, that. baby. Three for three. If anyone ever denies Tins' fanship, it's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, test me anytime. Right. So now we okay. Let's it. just let's let's save the MVP for last. I think that'll be pretty easy. Um, what or do you want to do? I can do it now. No, we can go ahead and do the teams because I think the MVP one might get. If that MVP's been on all of those teams. No, no, just oh. just the Saints, Colts, and Saints, Cardinals. Saint, well, that's what I meant. They've been on those three teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, each of them individually. Yeah, just MVP those from the Saints. Lines, so. MVP oh, from the Colts. okay, gotcha. Okay, okay so next, you. so now we're doing the same thing, but we're mixing up with Green Bay instead of the Jags. So Green uh-huh. Bay and Saints. Okay, yeah. play for both of those teams. Um, I'm gonna go with um Ahmad Green. Dang. I don't know how he does this mess. I used to play a lot of Madden and draft teams, but I don't, I don't remember that one, him being on the Saints. Was he on the Saints? I don't think so. Uh, that does not work. Yeah, it does not work. Uh, I'm trying to think of a wide receiver. Is it a wide receiver? Packers are a hard team because Tight they end? put it on unlimited mode, No. No. But Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was on the He Packers. played for both for a minute. That was my – Contribution. Jimmy Graham. Same tight end. No? Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I could be spelling something wrong. Hang on. It's always that possibility. So I'm trying to figure out the MVPs. We could go ahead and talk things over while he's typing. Then be okay. I got it. Let's see if that works. That does work. Hey, I contributed. 53% of people use Jimmy Graham. That's pretty good. All right. So now we've got Green Bay and Colts. We're going to speed it up a little bit. We're going to try and get through this. Yeah. Mm. Green Bay and Colts. I don't even know. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I can't think of one. Or Green Bay and Cardinals. We can think about still, it and come back. Still struggling. Okay. 
See, it's the, the like I said, the Packers are hard because people don't really ever leave the Packers. They they keep everybody in house for so long. Um, dang, I want to say Jordy Nelson went. No, he went to the Raiders. Um, I don't know it. Uh, what's his name? The quarterback, Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Wait, was he not the Raiders too? No, he went to Seahawks, but I think he went. I think he went to the Cardinals after that. I'm gonna try Matt that Flynn. Is, that did not work. Dang mm. it! Tough break. Tough. I suck again. Okay, let's do let's let's crank through MVPs and then we'll see if we can yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah. So we got an MVP from the Saints, Colts, and Cardinals. All right. Uh, Saints, Saints, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, yeah. Uh, that did what? not work. Did not work? <laughs> uh, not I on his last name correctly. <laughs> Tough break. I don't even know. <laughs> wow, this makes us look like <laughs> the we don't know NFL. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I think there's only one correct answer that's possible. Okay. Well, can I do the Cardinals? It's definitely not Drew Brees. Yeah, you can do Cardinals. Kurt yeah. Warner. Kurt Warner, yeah. Yeah, that one's correct. Colts is easy because it's Peyton. Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning does work there. I don't know the Saints. I don't know the Saints. I'm going to feel really dumb when you say it. Unless Could be. Unless um, Drew Brees wrong. Peyton, uh, Colts MVP could have also been, um, it looks like, uh, Matt Ryan, Marshall Falk. Matt Ryan. Who's on here? (laughs) That's not right. Okay, maybe that's not right. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, Saints MVP? Is this now? Is this Super Bowl MVP or it's, MVP it, of the league? It just says MVP, and it wasn't Drew Brees. No, I have I have no idea. So uh, let me go ahead and correct something. Matt Ryan was MVP for 2016 on the Falcons. However, he has been on the Colts. So is it oh, when you're MVP? It doesn't matter. You're team? MVP at any time. That oh, also played for the. Shoot. That, the that's Saints. a hint, actually, because the player that that this is uh, I was Adrian that, Peterson. It is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, good job. Okay, I was thinking it was they had to be MVP on that team. I at did the time. too. I didn't think about right. it. Okay, that makes sense. All right, AP. Uh, that is correct. Okay, anything? Uh, anybody else? He's on Dancing with the Stars now. Why is it not letting me put Adrian Peterson? Pretty sure. Hmm. I don't know. I know that's the correct answer. Okay. All right. Um, I think I think I have one. It was so it was Green Bay players. Was it was Saints one of the options? We already did the Saints. Jimmy Graham. That's right. I was thinking of that fullback Coon, John Coon. I think mm-hmm. he played for the Saints. I don't have one for the Cardinals. Are like one of those. They're like a black hole team for me. I can't think of anyone that plays for them because they're terrible. Um, yeah, there's some weird ones. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, the most popular one looks like um, Brett Hundley. Ah, uh, backup quarterback. Okay. Green Bay and 
Cardinals. For Green Bay and the Colts, it looks like Matt Hasselbeck. Oh, uh, that's a throwback. Jeff Saturday, also. I kind of forgot that oh, yeah, he was on Green Bay. The Colts. I, did, I forgot he did go do that for you. Those are the two most popular picks, yeah. Okay. I thought we did pretty decent. There's some tough. Right. Yeah, pretty good, guys. Pretty good. Uh, pretty impressive. Much better than I could have done there. <laughs> so there you go. All right, sweet. Well, that was fun. I like doing those immaculate grids. I didn't know there was an NFL one, or or maybe I did. I don't know. I remember we did them a couple of years ago. I didn't know they were still making those. It was like that trivia, like guess that player, my position. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like doing those kind of things. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's, let's jump into the rapid recap of last weekend. And I think we all know where we're going to start here, and that's going to be – UT's disappointing loss down in the mm. swamp. Zach is wearing a UT shirt right now as we speak. I'm surprised he's even wearing that, after that performance. It was. I will not waver. I will not fall. We will rise from the ashes of this stronger so, than ever. So I did uh, call Tinsley and during the game, and all I heard was Zach just screaming constantly in the background. So if yeah. that gives like an overview of that. just <laughs> Oh, that's pretty accurate. We were we were pretty upset and aggravated. Um, our offense just doesn't our offensive line just could not block. And Florida I don't think has like yeah. a dominant defensive line of any kind. So I don't know. No. I, like the media wants to immediately put it all on Joe Milton. It's not he's not the one blocking up there. Um I don't know. I, I had a lot of, like, I wasn't as high up on this UT team coming into the year as I was last year. I thought last year's team, like, they performed how I expected. Like, they, I had high expectations. This one, I thought we were going to see some struggles early, and we have so far. And hopefully now, after a loss, maybe they can put it together and make a run through the rest of the East because the rest of the SEC doesn't look great anyway. Um, True. And that was like a desperate Florida team. You know, big first night game gave us their best punch. And yeah, I mean, the home field advantage really took was a big key. And our offensive line really depleted, especially that center position, which we know is so important. And backup yeah. center Ollie Lane really struggled, really struggled to, to keep up with the pace of the game. And then you mix that in with the crowd noise and not being able to hear anything from the line of scrimmage. And you have a ton of pre-snap penalties that just got stacked up. Um, and it got the run game really couldn't get established very early. The pass game really didn't get established very much at all either. Um, I think if you told me that we were only going to let up 29 points, I would think that was going to be a W, but the fact that our offense just couldn't put anything together. Now, I will say second half was a different game than the first half. And I think if a, different, a couple calls go a couple different ways, that game becomes pretty interesting. Uh, one of the lasting impressions of the game for me is going to be some of the questionable officiating in the second half. But the other big takeaway was the first half of defense was just atrocious and yeah, horrible. Now, some of that is we had a couple players who weren't playing. A couple players, Kamal Haddon, <clears throat> who played very poorly. Uh, maybe <laughs> not really not good stuff there. So I don't know. I do think like 10 said, I really think that there is a pretty unique opportunity this year, which kind of just hurts all the more. It's kind of the same as the South Carolina game last year. where looking 
looking back, it's like, man, if you had just won that game, it's you're in the playoffs without a doubt, you know? Yeah. And I hope we don't look back on this game later in the season and just be like, man, if not, if we can get that one game back, this season is totally different. We have, we got shot to do something special. Now, I don't know if that's going to be true. Like I said, offensive line looks really bad. Yeah. Uh, and that might hold us back the whole season because Joe Melton is not as mobile as Hendon Hooker. He can't do some of the stuff that Hendon can do. And then if we can't get the run game going, we're, we're cooked no matter what. But with all that being said, I mean, Florida already had a loss. Uh, Georgia did not look very good against South Carolina. Yeah. SEC does. I mean, Georgia picks up a loss anywhere else on the schedule. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you still could have a battle for the SEC East brewing for that Georgia game, that big one at home uh, in Neyland. So, yep. I mean, the season is not lost. <clears throat> you, you've you got, especially the SEC East this year, it looks, I mean, other than Georgia, if they can pick up a loss anywhere, could be wide open still. So, who knows? I think, I think, it's better to have this loss earlier in the year compared to like what, we, what you're talking about, South Carolina. At the end of the year, you've already got your big win over Bama, and then you you lay a Definitely. goose egg, yeah. yeah. And that that ended your season right there on top of the Hendon Hooker injury. I think now with the fact that I, I think what we've talked about off the pod is there's still a path as long as we can kind of not drop any more silly games to a team like yeah. Missouri or, or South Carolina. If we're undefeated yeah. besides this Florida game going into the Georgia game, then we can still control our own destiny to get to the SEC championship game. That would mean us beating Bama in Bama, which which I think we're going to talk about Bama here in a little we bit. Are, but, we are a mystery yeah. at this point a little bit. Yeah. But at the end sure. of the day, it's Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's, it's Bama. That is never going to be uh, an easy win. I think that's true. I would always rather bet us against this Florida team than this Bama team. But <laughs> these are the cards that we now hold, and so if if we want to con- compete, this that's the one we're going to have to go get now for right. sure. Well, it was it was kind of a weak college slate. I think that Florida UT game was kind of the headline headlining game other than Colorado versus Colorado State. Boy. Back back and forth. Colorado's a twenty point plus favorite. Um a lot of outside of the game trash talking, a lot of it got a little rowdy during the game. Uh I've never seen so many people like come out of the woodwork to just like talk about this game. People who do not care anything about college football all of a sudden are college football fans. Wild yeah. stuff. I mean, people are up people till that two I like, and, yeah. Two in the morning watching a double overtime game between these two teams that the Deion I saw, Sanders. I saw the, the video of people that at the uh, Arizona State football game. Did you see this on Mm-mm. There were, there were a bunch of fans at the Arizona State game, and it was like three of them all in the section were all like had the Colorado game pulled up on their phones and were watching it instead of the game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> uh, I've, never, I've never seen the, this kind of like media attention go to a team like this. It's, I mean, it's truly pretty wild stuff. It's, def- it's, very, it's definitely interesting, um, all the national hype and media attention that Colorado's getting, and I don't have anything against it. I, I like Dion. I think he's good for for college football. He's a fun character to keep up with. Um, 
But I do, you know, I'm a little worried now they lost their best player in that game to a dirty hit, which we're not going to get into what should happen to that guy. There's everyone else in the world already talked about it enough. Um, but that was a, a late intentional hit. Uh, yeah. Travis Hunter's going to be okay, but he's going to miss two weeks. And so I think that's really going to hurt Colorado as far as what they can do offensively and defensively now as they start <laughs> Pac-12 play against yeah. – which, I mean, the Pac-12 has been rolling as, I think, the best conference at this point of the whole season, which is sad because this is the last Something year of it. You, no one would thought we would ever say, yeah. No, because normally the Pac-12 is like, it's just kind of funny to laugh at them because they'll drop a game early in the year where they're like playing a, a out-of-conference, lower-level team, get paid to come and then – getting up beating them like Washington or Oregon will pay someone to come play them and then they get beat, but not this year so far. Well, so. I will say that um, I think that Colorado team is really interesting because I think their defense is not very good and the, and they, they are three and but that Colorado state team was not a good team and no. they were huge favorites. Uh, and they got a big win. I mean, shout out to them for for pushing through it on a big stage. You know, uh, I'm not convinced that that defense is going to be able to slow down uh, Bo Nix and the Oregon offense at all. No, uh, I think they might just boat race them. I, I saw an interesting. Um, well, it was actually Deion Sanders in an interview was talking about his son came up to him right before overtime. Not Shadur, but Shiloh, who plays uh-huh. on the defense. The safety. Did you yeah. See this? yeah. Mm. Um he the <laughs> the Shiloh was like, Are you gonna are you gonna kick it first or are you gonna let a, are you gonna are you gonna put us on defense first or offense first? He said, You guys haven't been able to stop anything all night. I'm giving the ball to the offense first. <laughs> uh, and that is uh not good. Not a when you're going up against a potential like Heisman candidate quarterback in Bo Nix. Yeah. Uh, am, I think that might be get out of hand a little quick. Yeah, for but sure. I don't know. So, I've been betting against Colorado the whole time, so I'm going to stop doing that. So who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, I think we'll switch over to the NFL side now. Uh, you know, it's it's very early. NFL does not have the same kind of uh, like every game doesn't matter. It's true. It's like, not that it doesn't, but college, like one loss, and we're already feeling like UT season could be – over but in the nfl you've got some teams that are starting zero and two and i don't know maybe you're a little nervous about them i think mason's gonna be talking about them earlier but i do want to ask about his super bowl matchup chargers versus vikings (laughs) both starting zero and two along with the Bengals. these are three teams that made the playoffs last year and i'm wondering should they start panicking about where they're at so i might just Mm -hmm. have to we'll keep the podcast the same name that we have, which is the next guy up, but I might change my segments to the fade cast (laughs) because at this point you just need to fade everything that I say until otherwise. For sure. Um, I felt pretty confident about it. I'm actually going to break down later because this is going to have something to do with our, um, like breaking down some games I'm interested in, but, um, your probability when you start out 0-2 and, and even 0-3 and to get into the playoffs. But let's start out with the Chargers. Uh, they have not looked good. They lost against the Titans. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm just going to say let them cook, okay? It's going to be fine. The team that I'm worried about is the Bengals. Today is Thursday, the 21st, and Joe Burrow has an injury that has been going on over the offseason with his calf injury. He may not play this week. It may just be a lingering, like, and they want to play it safe because they just signed him to, at the time, the biggest contract uh, until Patrick Mahomes' contract got reconstructed. But his was the biggest contract. So, of course, they're going to be safe with him. They don't want a season ending or something that could affect him uh, long term. So I'm a little more worried about, if I had to say which one I'm more worried about, it would be the Bengals over the Chargers. But I'm definitely not feeling good about my Super Bowl prediction right now. Didn't the Bengals also start 0-2 last season? Uh, no, they started 0-2 the year they went to the Super Bowl. I think they were 1-1. One one, but they okay. do start slow. There's, there is a trend to this as well. Um, when, when offenses don't play starters in the preseason at all, which the Bengals were on that list, you do tend to start out a little bit slower going into the season. Um, but what Mason was saying, and I'm very I'm monitoring this too with his calf injury, is they really – doctors said that he should have probably sat out the first three or four weeks of the season anyway to get to 100%. So there was not a chance of re-injuring this. Hmm. Well, he didn't listen. He played. Now he's re-injured it. He could – now he's he might have to miss some more time because it's the calf is a is a funny thing you don't want to mess with. That's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. He had a few seasons of calf injuries, had a calf injury this year, and then you ask what you know you get tackled one wrong way and then you pop your Achilles. And so I think they're definitely going to be careful with Joe Burrow, but they also can't really stand ground to be losing and falling behind in the division already owing to. It's a tough division with the Ravens, Steelers, Browns. They're just all solid teams that aren't going to be – there's no team in that division that's going to go 2-15. and 15. You know, there's no cupcake of the four. So they, they kind of, they're kind of in a rock and a hard place is what they want to do. So I definitely agree that I'd be panicking a little bit if I was a Bengals fan saying, all right, what are we doing? Because we definitely don't want to be – falling in such a hole early it was weird if you go back at the end of that game he's out there hobbling around and they still put him back in and i was like yeah. what are we risking for week two game uh what like what are we doing here but i'm not a, a head coach for nfl team but i'm curious to see how they handle that and curious to see how the the Bengals go moving forward uh so that's my take on all of that i will say quick fact check they did start out zero and two last season as well they did. Is it they like lost three the years? Steelers in Week One. And they lost the Cowboys in Week Two. Well, speaking of the Cowboys, that's interesting. I'm glad I, I, I'm wrong. Sorry, Bengals. I gave you more credit than you deserved. But the Cowboys, they have been uh, boat racing the New York team yeah. so far this year. They point. Uh, they've scored seventy points so far this year, and they've only given up ten in two games. Mm. It's pretty good. They did have a big. Not bad. Big blow to their defense mm. today at practice. Trayvon Diggs did tear his ACL, so that's tough. It's their top corner, um, so that is that's not good. This just that like just happened. Like that was a lot a few of hours there's ago. a lot of uh, public defensive player uh, MVPs. Yeah, um, for defensive player of the year mm-hmm. for Michael Parsons. Yeah, right? Mark. Oh, Michael Parsons. Yeah, yeah that's no, right. not Trayvon Diggs. Not, no, so but Diggs is good. a big part of their defense, right. covering the top corners or receivers. But Michael Parsons has been on a tear. He's been a one-man wrecking crew on that defense. So I don't know. I'm interested to follow this Cowboys line of are they really contenders or did they play two bad teams from New York back-to-back? 
And then I think we'll wrap up from the weekend. And this this story bled over from the weekend into the week. The Bears are just having maybe the worst PR week of their whole lives. <laughs> it starts with Justin Fields blaming his bad play and being robotic on coaching. Yep. Hmm. Uh, when he has played just terrible. If you go if you get on Twitter, you'll see many people breaking down like there's wide open receivers and Justin Fields just isn't throwing the ball. They're starting off 0-2. He has not looked the same as last year. And then they have a coach who's been uh, – house was raided by the FBI. Um, so you got you got quarterback blaming the coaches for everything. You got coaches getting investigated by the FBI. I mean, it's just been a bad week to be a Chicago awesome. Bears fan. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe they could distract themselves this Sunday. Let's have a good – NFL, you know, let's have a good game, have a good bounce back. Who we got on the schedule? Oh, it's Kansas City Chiefs mm, at home. Uh, so <laughs> as a as a twelve and a half point underdog, so I don't think things are going to go really well for the for the Bears this weekend. I feel like there's two types of people that can say a lot without saying anything at all. And that is politicians and NFL quarterbacks. There's a reason why they talk for 15 minutes, but you didn't get any information out of them at all. Mm. And when you say something like Field said, then everybody's going to take and run with it on Twitter, social media, break it down on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith's probably screaming about it as we speak right now. (laughs) Uh, Not practicing throwing a baseball, by the way, just a... He's out there throwing first pitches and into the dirt, just getting <laughs> off topic here. But NFL quarterbacks, they don't say a whole lot, and there's a reason why, because we're just going to take what you say and run with it. Yeah. But we'll see We'll see what happens with the Bears. I think they'll end up – what do you think? Top pick? Cardinals still uh, tanking? I, you know, it's going to be a race between the two, which, you know, sorry, Josh, about your, your boy Justin Fields, how terrible he is and how he's <laughs> making you look real bad, Mr. – he he looked like Trevor Lawrence in college one A one B. Most anyway, most MVP uh, bets was Justin Fields. By the way, before the season yeah. started, wow. If you wanted to throw your money away, you could have just gave it to me. People, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to jump into our favorite matchups of the weekend: college and NFL. I'm going to kick us off because I don't. I don't. Mason's got some nice stats for his. Uh, Chargers Vikings one, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I do. <laughs> Sorry, I I kind of spoiled it. Spoiled earlier. it anyway. My bad. Okay. Uh, I'm going Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Yeah, good one. I, I think this is the best. This is the most important early season matchup of the year. I think both these teams are looking to be playoff contenders at the end of the year. Uh, Notre Dame, which I know they haven't played anybody but their offense just looks to be humming at a different level than we've seen from Notre Dame, which which probably is true because they've not really had a quarterback since Brady Quinn. Um, and then Ohio State, they've had their ups and downs. Their defense actually looks kind of good compared to the past seasons, but this is their first big test, and they play in the Big Ten. They still have Penn State and Michigan on the schedule, so Ohio State can't really afford a loss right here. But Notre Dame really needs to be undefeated, maybe one loss to be considered for the playoffs. So I definitely am looking forward to this matchup. I'm 
pretty high up on Notre Dame after I trashed him with Zach on our season preview. I switched. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. <laughs> he's, drink, he's drinking the Hartman Kool-Aid. I am. That's aged very well. Um, speaking of Michigan, they have a big matchup this week as well. It's Rutgers. Oh. <laughs> well, let me tell you. I give <laughs> I give a lot of uh, of hate towards the Notre Dame scheduling and the Georgia soft schedule and Michigan's schedule is just truly it's one of the wildest <laughs> And um, they've played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. They have Rutgers this week. Big mm-hmm. Nebraska next week. Oh, uh, Minnesota, Indiana. Michigan State rivalry game, but Michigan State's not looking very good at all. A Purdue, and then finally they play Penn State in Week Ten. Holy! Like the odds of them going nine and zero at this point is, I would probably put it at like ninety percent for them to be yeah. nine. Just because any decent team is going to be nine and zero against the schedule is is truly wild. And I don't know how they kind of went under the radar with it. I think uh, I think Rutgers is like the best team on that schedule, which is saying a lot because Rutgers is uh, really bad oh, teams. Oh, I, wow, I don't know. I I know I give hate to the, some of the Big Ten teams, and that's just is what it is. But I, at least Ohio State and Notre Dame are playing each other week four. Yeah, you know they're not. Ohio State went out and, and scheduled a, a big a big game in the beginning of the year. Didn't wait till the very end to see what was going to happen. So hmm. there's that. There's something that. to think about. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I think I might be placing the biggest college bet of my life on Notre Dame. I took a future on Sam Hartman to win the Heisman. I think I'm gonna double down right here and go Ohio State money or uh, Notre Dame money line. We'll see on Twitter how I'm feeling Saturday morning. I give that out or not. <laughs> that's it's a lean right now. And then my NFL matchup I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, I bet you guys think I was going to say the Jaguars game. Nope, wrong. I'm going, leaving Mm -hmm. tonight, but we're playing the Texans, so yuck. Um, I'm most looking forward to Bucks versus Eagles. In a Mm -hmm. game with two teams that are 2-0 and and you're not really hearing much about them, uh, the Eagles have kind of come out. They haven't looked as sharp as they did last last season this early Mm -hmm. with the offense. But I'm kind of eating some crow on the Bucks. Uh, this is a team that people had very little expectations for. People thought Baker was going to put up some duds. O-line would be an issue. Uh, offense is looking good. Baker is looking like he did when he had the Browns in the playoffs. Um, so I'm sweating out for some reason now in under five and a half wins for the Bucks that I placed. Mm-hmm. So way to go me. Uh, they are here at two. So this should be a fun Monday night primetime game that I'm very much looking forward to between two teams that are tuned up. So I'm going to transition from a game that Tinsley just broke down that are 2-0 and o to a game where they are 0-2. Tinsley already <laughs> teased it. Heck yeah. Uh, Chargers at the Vikings game, both 0-2. Closest spread of the weekend, by the way, at minus one for the Chargers. Mm. So I kind of teased it earlier, but I'm going to break down the percentage of what uh, what it takes for play uh, the team that starts 0-2 to get into the playoffs. I could have made that wording so much easier. Words <laughs> with Mason. Since 1990, 
only 11.5% of teams that started 0-2 make the playoffs. Adding two additional playoff teams in 2020 should have improved those numbers, but it hasn't. Over the past three seasons, 23 teams have started 0-2 and and only one. Zach just talked about it a couple minutes ago. The the Bengals last season made the playoffs. For teams that start 0-3, listen to this part, only six teams in modern NFL history have reached the postseason. Wow. So this is kind of a, you go from already a, a tough task at 11.5% to being the seventh team in modern NFL history to make it to the playoffs if you lose this game. So my two uh, Super Bowl teams getting to a point where it's almost impossible for them <laughs> to make the great playoffs. Odds. I, I wonder if you'd be better off if they tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, way, that way one doesn't go too impossible you know what i should bet that i wonder what it is yeah how many time. teams at oh one and two have ever made the playoffs <laughs> Jason, run those numbers i should right uh, so uh i just want i think it's going to be a good you know quarterback versus quarter a lot of offense they got high powered offenses let's see what happens but that's where we're at right now with my game of the weekend Love it. Love it, Mason. Thank you. Well, I, I'm, I'm headed back to college. Uh, this is a game that we haven't mentioned a lot today. We mentioned some of these teams. I think it's the most one of the most intriguing matchups because of some of the storylines going on with these teams, and that would be Ole Miss at Alabama. Line is minus seven right now uh, in Tuscaloosa, obviously. But I think uh, if this was Ole Miss, that line would be very, very close to, to even. Uh this is one of those matchups you you love to see. You have Lane Kiffin and uh, Nick Saban kind of matching up. You have uh, used to coach on the same team, Lane Kiffin, obviously coaching Nick Saban. There is no love lost there in that relationship, and there's already been some trash talk on Twitter and things like that. Uh, Alabama played three different quarterbacks in their last game to try and figure out some of their quarterback issues. If you were wondering if in week three you played three quarterbacks, that is not ideal. <laughs> uh, Jalen Milrow, I think, has been named the official starting quarterback in the guy from here on out, but he did not look great throwing the ball. He did not look like he – I mean, going from Bryce Young to anyone else is going to be a downgrade, but uh, going to Jalen Milrow has been tough this year. And then over on the other side, uh, over at Ole Miss, you have Jackson Dart, incredible quarterback name, first of all. Jackson Dart. <laughs> yeah, that's a great name. Uh, he's been playing very well now. I mean, mostly untested Ole Miss. They, they beat a Tulane team, a team that was ranked at the time, but they were, I mean, no one really knew what they were going to look like. Back up uh, quarterback too. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what Ole Miss is going to look like this week. Uh, Lane Kiffin pretty, uh, always has those high powered offenses. Uh, I think it's widely known that the defense is the high as the best part of Alabama's team this year. And the offense is what the struggle has been. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I will say for Ole Miss, I mean, this is do or die for Bama this week. They already have a loss. I think another loss just about nearly is going to eliminate them from playoff contention in week four, which is crazy. So they're playing for their season. On the other hand, Ole Miss uh, has Bama, but the next week they have LSU. And then down the road, they also have Georgia coming up. 
And so they do not have an easy schedule and an easy path. And so both teams really need a win here. Uh, I'll, I'll, in best bet, we're going to talk about, or in my uh, parlay, we'll talk a little bit about what I think is going to happen in this game. But I think it's going to be a really, really intriguing matchup to watch. I, I'm interested to watch it. I think it's going to be a great game. I do have a question for you, Zach. Yes, Mason. Are Alabama fans going to be throwing mustard bottles or uh, golf be. balls? Uh, yeah, they're probably those maybe, are the two items, right? Did I get it wrong? You always want to. You always wonder what's going to happen with uh, with a program if that that is just used to winning all the time. Like, what happens when they stop winning? It's true. I don't think they're going to take it very well. I'll tell you what happened to Tennessee when they stopped winning. They fired Philip Fulmer in uh, 2001, and then we went into perpetual darkness after that. So. Uh, for about 20 years. So we'll see uh, what happens to Alabama. And uh, Nick Saban is getting up there in age. Uh, I cannot imagine he wants to keep doing this for very long because why would he want to? I don't still yeah. understand that. But, I mean, Bama loses here. I think there is a real question about uh, their future and what's going to be a team like that that's used to winning so much, all of a sudden you lose a couple games in a season, go nine and three, and then the world is falling. So we will uh, could be interesting scene over there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I feel bad for him. I know, hate it, hate it for him. I do. I mean, and then the other side of it is they could go eleven and one and win the national <laughs> championship. Like truly, that could happen. It's true. You wouldn't put it past them. Nope. 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 <sighs> All right. Well, I think we're going to dive into the gambling side of this. So it's time. Make sure you bust out your notepads and whatever we're taking. Um, Just take the opposite. You'd probably, you'd be, uh, if you faded, just, if you just took Mason's picks, you'd be up seven units. If you just (laughs) faded mine, you'd be up five and a half. So uh, let's go, baby. Go ahead and write them down. Fade (laughs) them. This is called the fade cast. Get ready for it. Except for the fact that I'm about to sweep you bunch of you bunch of haters and doubters. It's coming for you. I'm about to bust out the brooms on Twitter. Fade mine. I I will not think less of you. Go ahead and do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off best bet here. Seems like a game that we have been talking about a lot, and that will be the Vikings versus Chargers. I'm taking the over over 54. It's just a 54 right now. So I love that because I hate getting the hook. So I, mm. I love having uh, math uh, a flat number there. It's minus one ten. These two teams are com- uh, combined since two thousand and twenty thirty five eleven and one to the over following a loss. So that's seventy six percent of the time after a loss they combine to hit the over. Two high high powered offenses with two defenses that are just meh. just just blah just getting. Just the disaster. Um, and then they're playing in Minnesota, so weather is not an issue because we are in a dome. And so I'm going to roll with the over. You know what that 54. is? Thousands of fans listening. That is stats upon stats right there. He just gave out a stat after a loss. Like he's throwing those out. What kind of research? That is, he's cooking in the lab. That's what he's doing, everybody. Stats brought to you by Action Network. Dot com. Wow. Actually, he even, wow. He even I, quoted the source. Yeah. I I uh I missed that. Oh, they're sponsored or that was that just the Oh they're they're flirting with sponsoring. Oh, okay. we have like to, I, uh, I missed that in the email. Yeah. 
they're they're talking about maybe doing it as long as we don't go over this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Challenge accepted. So Zach, what do you see when you watch Titans games? <laughs> what what do you what do you think you see? You see a lot of yes. You see a lot of field goals. I do. There's a lot of field goals. There were five in the of, first game, right? Yeah. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Thank you for that stat. So you may ask, who is our kicker? Because we um, we didn't have one to, for yeah, like yeah. A, a, a second, and that is we Rabel, traded for Nick. That's right, but we got one now, and his name's Nick Folk. Yeah, and basically he is tied with Brandon Aubrey, the Cowboys kicker, for the most field goals in the first two weeks. So, hmm, what am I taking? You might ask. Nick Folk over one and a half field goals at plus 105. So all he's got to do is make two. Well, you know what he's been doing? He's been making five in a whole game. You know how we were talking stats upon stats? Yep. Tennessee is 26th in touchdown red zone scoring percentage after the first two games. There's 32 teams, everybody. So we are at the bottom. Anybody have theories on that? You have the offensive like, line is bad, and everyone knows you're going to run it with Derrick Henry in the red you zone. Have, hmm. That's so you think that everyone just knows it's going to be a run, so that's why it's they can stop it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are terrible in the red zone. Give me two field goals. Why not? Love Let's it, take man. them. That's a great Thank pick. you. I, great I love that pick. If it wasn't a Titan, I'd take it with you. But uh, a guy has to stand on his principles, that's true. his morals in life, and I don't bet on Titans stuff. Yeah, I'll give him. I'll give him like a crazy like anytime touchdown parlay, and it's got like eighteen players in it to pay out like twenty three thousand dollars. And he's like, "Yeah, I took all of that except for Derrick Henry to score a touchdown, which is at like minus three hundred. That's like the best bet one out of all of them." And he's like, "No, I won't take that one, but I'll take anything else." So here we are. You got to stand for something. It's true, but that's my best bet. Zach, give it to us. Break it down. You've already teased it a little bit. Oh, my bet? Yeah, best bet. Oh, I'm going to save it for the parlay. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, yeah, I meant to. No, you're fine. Good. You're good. Yeah. I'm going to save my best bet. Uh, I only got one on the. I, I'm uh, I'm dialing back my betting this week. Uh, I, I got one bet that I believe in. I saved it for next guy at parlay. So that's where I'm at. Okay. There we go. All right. We're ready. Well, now it's hop on a prop. Hop uh, on a prop. prop. Up on a prop. Okay, I'm going to start us out. I'm going to kick us off here. Tinsley, who is your tight end for fantasy football this year? Well, I drafted Travis Kelsey pretty high, but I did make a trade for one Mr. Kyle Pitts. Mm, and how's he doing right now? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a struggle, Bob. <laughs> it was a great trade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you might be asking, why are you picking this one then if he's not been doing good? I'll tell you why. Kyle Pitts over 33 and a half yards receiving. Seems kind of low to me, if you ask. I have a question. Which team in the first two games is allowing the most receiving yards allowed by tight ends? Mm, I don't know. Who are the Falcons playing this weekend? That's a great question, Tins. That would be the Detroit Lions with an average of 87.5 yards a game. In fact, last week, the tight ends Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson and Will Disley, all on the Seahawks, by the way, all surpassed Kyle Pitts' total of 33 and a half yards. 
So it's three different tight ends for the same team surpassed 33 and a half yards. A couple quick points. Kyle Pitts has the same amount of targets as Drake London with eight. They'll have to throw it more this game to keep up with the Lions quick and high-powered offense. And Kyle Pitts' longest reception in the first two games was 34, which which shows that he can break off big plays. Remember, 34, 33 and a half is our total. That's all we need. He could get that in one play, maybe two. So that is my hop on a prop. Kyle Pitts over 33 and a half for my fade cast. <laughs> I, like, I like that one. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I don't think they're going to be able to run as much as the Falcons would like because they like to do this all run offense with that stable running backs. Um, so I definitely like this Kyle Pitts prop. I will be taking it with you. Thank and you. That will jump into my hop on a prop. And that is Travis Etienne over 69 and a half rush yards. Good now, I got stats. I got stats to back up just the fact that it's a Jaguars player. Um, the Texans rank 30th against the run this year already. Uh, so, like we said earlier, there's 32 teams in the NFL, everybody. <laughs> Bottom. Um, Bottom of the league. The Jaguars offense has gone three and out on 45% of their drives to start the season, which is the sixth highest, which is not what you want. So I think we're going to see a heavy dose of running plays on early down and distances. Um, so I love the fact that I think we're going to get Travis Etienne moving and grooving in this game. I think you're going to see some tank Bigsby as well. Um, the Texans gave up 88 yards last week to Zach Moss in his first action since training camp. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Zach Moss is not a good running back. Hmm. Um the Texans also in week one gave up 110 yards rushing to the Ravens committee after J.K. Dobbins went down after mm. the first drive. Um, Who's on that team, by the way? Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Yeah. So, so mm. you had – I feel like Etienne's better than both. Right. Of them. So I think Etienne's going to get his fair share um, early early down offense. The Jags kind of got to get in a groove here. Offense did not look good last week against the Chiefs. So I think it's kind of a bounce-back game. One o'clock in the Jacksonville heat. Let's just run the ball and go home type deal. So I love it. Seven, over 70 yards, essentially. It's minus 110. And if they run up the score a little bit, then they'll start running towards the end of the game. So like it. Love it. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. Next thing you can put in the books is the Next Guy Up podcast, which is hitting this week, everybody. It is time to hit the Next Guy Up parlay. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's time to get all our money back and then some with this parlay. Yep. Uh, Zach, let's kick off the lock of the leg of the three legs right here. Well, so uh, I teased this a little bit earlier. Um, I am going to put a bet on this Bama, uh, this Bama Ole Miss game. I think it's the most interesting game of the week. I just like putting these putting these on some interesting games I, I want to watch, anyways. And so uh, here it is. Uh, I have Bama money line um, now. After all the trash we talked about, Bama, maybe you're like, that seems weird. But here, here's here's the reality. It's in Tuscaloosa. Bama is coming off of a pretty bad loss to Texas, and then a, they looked terrible last week against South Florida as they put a bunch of different quarterbacks in. Um, the media is riding them off as Bama is washed. And if I know anything about the devastation that has been my – relationship with Alabama football for the last 10 to 15 years. 
I know it's that betting against Nick Saban in in the in the uh, Alabama team is just almost never a good idea. And so I think it's going to be a close game, honestly. Um, I think betting on Ole Miss to cover that seven-point spread would also be pretty safe. Uh, but I am going with Bama Moneyline in Tuscaloosa with their season on the line. This is it. I mean, they lose, it's done. Dunzo. Call it. Uh, I think they got a reality check last week against South Florida whenever they really just looked horrible. Um, Ole Miss, I, I still don't really believe in Ole Miss. They haven't given me they haven't seen anything that makes me just really believe in them and Linkiff and offense. And so I think Bama wins a must win for them right now. There's a saying, you don't get rich betting against Bama. So you're not really going to catch me doing it either. (laughs) Uh, All right, Mason, what is your leg for the parlay today? So Zach was talking about betting games that you want to watch. I'm going to go the opposite direction and pick a leg on a game that you don't want to watch, and that is the Patriots at the Jets. The total turnovers is over two and a half at minus 145 a little juiced but we got we got some good legs to get this to get this back uh, like get this p- big plus money the jets have the third most turnovers in the league with five turnovers four of those being interceptions by not aaron Rodgers, but zach wilson yeah. which is the most by a qb in the first two weeks yikes the patriots only have one less turnover than the Jets with four total in the first two uh, first two games. And I consider these defenses to b- still be above average defenses in the league. This is going to be an ugly one. Give me over two and a half turnovers. I could see it being Zach Wilson, two picks, Patriots, one fumble, yeah. or Patriots, one pick, and you cash it. So Jets, Patriots, over two and a half turnovers, minus 145. Uh, another fun fact, uh, double check me though, but I'm pretty sure turnovers on downs count as far as turnovers go, team turnovers. So uh, mm. you have someone go for it on fourth down and don't get it, that would count as a turnover as well. Double check your sports books and make sure that they would count that, but I'm pretty sure it does. Um, I'm looking right now. Yeah, Mason, I'll look right now while I dive into my leg of the parlay. Um, this is a minus 110. It actually moved after I took it, so that's annoying. But I am taking Amari Cooper over 57.5 receiving yards this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Browns had an unfortunate, like they lost the biggest piece of their offense and Nick Chubb on the Monday night game. Um, very unfortunate to see, very good player from the watch. Um, I think, though, they're going to start leaning more towards the passing game. Deshaun Watson, after it happened, ended up with 40 attempts against a very good Steelers team. Um, the Steelers defense is probably on the same level as the as the Titans. I have a lot of respect for the Titans uh, defense. And the thing about it is you're not going to come into the Titans stadium and try to run the ball consistently with a backup running back unless you just want to lose outright. So I think they're going to try and air it out. Um, like I said, Amari Cooper had, or I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson had 40 pass attempts last week, and that is probably the weaker side of the Titans defense is their secondary. Uh, Amari Cooper, even though he was dealing with, uh, somewhat of like a groin injury popped up at the end of, uh, at practice last week, uh, still finished with seven catches for 90 yards against the Steelers. I look for him to have a pretty good game against the Titans and what should be 
a close kind of probably a gross game in general. Um, but I like him to get have over 57 yards receiving. So you cook up those three legs together, and we're looking at plus 351. So you take this, you're going to be up. Even if you've taken all of our, our other two parlays, you'd still be up a unit let's and a half. It. So let's get it. This is where we come back. This is this where is our time. we make back everything they took from us. That's it. So I'll have to check. We'll have to dive deeper into this. Maybe we could put this on like social media, on uh, Twitter or something. But on Wikipedia, it was not uh, an interception of fumble is considered a turnover. But now I'm on DraftKings right now because it had question and answers, and I do not see it on here. Okay. So I will have to get back with you all. Turnover or turnover on downs or safety, a turnover is classified as the defense gaining possession of the ball. The following will be all deemed as turnover for settlement purposes. Interception or fumble, defensive touchdown, turnover on downs. Okay, so it is considered a good call, Tens. I like it even more. What about a safety? Yeah, safety. safety. Because it's anytime you're changing possession. So two and a half, I mean, that's – you're not even having to count on interceptions, fumbles, which both punts. Both of those quarterbacks could easily get a safety as well. I mean, I would even like that turnover on downs. It, yeah, easy, yeah. easy I like money. That. I love I, it. I love it. Good call, Tins. Hmm. What can I say? I'm a pro pro gambler. No, one's, right. no one's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say it after they cash this bet, baby. Yeah, this is hitting for sure, guaranteed. Well, Good episode, guys. I'll go ahead and close this up here. We appreciate you all listening to us. Once again, I know we've said it and sounded very repetitive, but check us out on all social media platforms. Comment, like, subscribe on our episodes. Uh, Please let your friends and family know about the Next Guy Up podcast. We really appreciate you guys listening today or whatever time you're listening to this. And that is it for the episode.